Welcome to Well Played Podcast, a show on all things playful and joyous. Together we are finding the joy in the journey of the life, and today we have Jordan Lachlan with us. And the topic that we're diving into today, I'm really kind of excited about, it is looking at the requirements inside a gamified class and you know how best to apply those and think about those. Uh, but before we get started, this is Jordan's first time on the Well Played Show, and super excited to have you. Could you introduce yourself a little bit? For sure. I'm Jordan Lachlan. I teach in Peace River, Alberta, Canada. I teach at a junior, senior high school, and this is my first year of fully gamifying a couple of my social classes. I teach social seven, eight, and nine, and it's kind of going into all my classes right now where I've, I was going to only do one. And then it's like, well, the next class is like, come on, we got to do something too. So it's kind of just merged into everything now. So I like did in the health class yesterday. So <laughs> did did the kids sort of inspire that like change? Like you were gonna run it in one of your sections? Yeah, I was only gonna do it in the one, and then my grade eights because I started doing some stuff last year. They're like, well, come on, why can't we do some of that too? I see you're doing with the sevens, the whole grade sevens, and I'm like, well, okay. And so I started a little bit, and then it's just merged into like everything almost. That's, I even did it with health yesterday. <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, so before we kind of get into the requirements, what is like your general structure and, and game idea, if, if you could pitch that? Well, I've got like two games kind of going on. Uh, with my Social 7, it's like we're fighting for control of Turtle Island because we learn about... Canadian history and so we're going through the timelines for that and then with my social eight we've got three distinct units and it's our worldview so we're in the renaissance right now and we have medieval characters and things like that nice kind of how it's going I love it that's with a the sevens, they're kind of like different groups they got like the British the first nations and then they got the French so it's pretty cool that's uh, that's a cool time period and a neat like theme that you can draw like a lot of inspiration from i love it and i love that your kids sort of are like come on let's do it so now you're up to doing it like you said all year and now almost all classes uh, yeah but you said it started with just a few groups last year last year it just started with my grade sevens with uh a couple games and then my grade eights, I started adding some advantages in. And so it's just kind of like they've been excited and they want to keep going. Nice. I mean, that's that's a good testimonial right there. Uh, so thinking about today and the topics, uh, I'm going to be quite honest. Jordan reached out and asked a question about some side quest requirements. And I thought like, yeah, he's got really good question here. And I bet you there are other people that have that same sort of question. So I asked, would you mind being on the show and we can kind of dive into these requirements. So Jordan, do you want to share your sort of initial question and we can start there and then maybe go out into other. Okay. Well, I was just kind of asking like, what are like your, like, do you have like preferred like projects that all the kids have to do? Like I'm still struggling with the side quest stuff. So I'm still working on that. And I see, I got, got some ideas from your other episodes, but it's like, do you have like set projects that everyone has to do? All right. So I will admit I'm a big fan of having kids like opt into the game. I think you have a greater like 
potential with that, even though it's not everyone. So I have very little that they all have to do game-wise, uh, except like my review days or boss battles, like that's an in-class thing. So everyone's required to do those. Uh, but as far as side quests, or I have another thing called adventure paths, um, neither of those are required. Uh, but I do get a fair large amount of buy-in on it. I mean, like, I would say at any given time, 50 to 70% of the grades engaged in one of those. So I do feel like I have almost all buy-in. But, like, okay. it's not cross-the-board required. Um, but there are game elements that, like, I do move the people through. So, for example... Uh, coming up, actually, they're going to do an in-class activity. It's uh, for when I'm not there. It's a sub sub plan. And the sub's going to play this video, and it's me talking, telling them they have to choose a path. Like, we're, we're studying China. I'm pretending to be at this, like, Chinese dojo, this, like, ancient monastery where they're learning. And the monk there is asking them which path they want to go down. And I made these, like, four category titles like mm -hmm. philosophy or like the philosopher the warrior kind of this this sort of stuff and the kids then have like five minutes to discuss as a whole class because the whole class has to choose the path they're going to go down and then inside that path is very much side quest-esque type work um, if they choose the warrior path they're going to read a little bit about the chinese warrior and like the terracotta warriors and then they're gonna have to end up making sort of a little like mini sort of report and something sort of physically designed around it so very similar to a side quest and they're all required to do this so i do that sometimes to build in um i don't know some some kids who might not have tried side quests to to force that in the class period so then they all of a sudden like well this wasn't so bad i kind of liked it and for that particular path there are class rewards there are going to be some like the dojo like when they do well on this task just like a side quest i will reward them some badges and some items so and the other thing on that one just kind of a cool side note each path comes with its unique sort of bonuses and and I tell them that in the video so that the classes really have to like decide which path and what bonus they think would be associated with that path uh, and it's really cool for me to come back from my sub and hear the paths they've gone on um, typically warrior path is one of the ones they often choose because I think it's going to be boss but uh, yeah. I think the best the best one like the best reward is the philosophy path so I hope no one's listening but that's the best path that's pretty cool. So I don't know if that answers it, but um, I hope the the blend of like some in class activities that are that are side quest like that you can then kind of use as I don't want to say leverage, but conversational leverage with some of your students. Kind of like, man, you did so well on that. You know, in my case, warrior path project, I loved it. You know, you might enjoy this side quest. It's very similar. And like, man, I think you could totally rock at it. That kind of conversation goes a long way with your students. Right. And that's what I'm still working on is building those side quests in. Like right now, I pretty much just have, here's the here's some assignments that they have to do. And it's like not much freedom or choice yet because I'm still figuring it out. 
Yeah, side quests is a that's a tough one to crack. A lot of people sort of struggle on that one. Um, for me, what I do is I definitely get into like a. They're again, they're not required, but each unit they know when that unit comes out, there's going to be five to say ten side quests that get released, and kids get kind of in the habit of almost like the new new unit launches. Let's go scour that website to like find where those side quests are and and kind of look at the menu of choices so that they can begin working on those quests. And and always your early adopters, your high flyers are the first ones to sort of attack them. But then that proves to be like really good um, kind of exemplars for some of the other students who struggle to kind of come up with an idea when they see those high flyers come in with like their project. They're like, oh, like... I get it. Like that one, you get to like build a pyramid. Like I'll go, I'll go build a pyramid kind of thing. Okay. So then with those, like with your menu of ideas, then do they have to do like complete a certain amount to get XP or anything? Or is it just kind of like free for all? Uh, so each quest for me has its own uh, kind of reward. I can't say that like that I would, that I said that wrong. Like the, it's not that they would know what the reward's going to be, but each quest, if done right, will earn a badge, some amount of XP, and and some level of item, if done, like, really well. So I'm just kind of always inspiring them to do their best. I don't always define what really well means. Uh, and the requirements that go around a side quest are always, for me, that it has to deal with our current unit. So my... my my side quest might say, like, make a map. I don't sit there and say, make a map of China. I don't say, like, make a map of this battle. It just says, make a map. And they know that it has to relate to the current unit. But I leave it that open-ended because some students will go home and just make a map of China, and that's fine. But other kids would, like, figure out, like, well, maybe I could do a battle map. Maybe I could do, like, a trade map. Maybe they, like, they start to, like, think larger scale. Or some of them, like, actually make like a Play-Doh map with, you know, toothpicks and, and everything have labels. So I, I like it to be open-ended in terms of its requirements. Um, as far as like being able to do all of them and that kind of thing, I sometimes put little requirements inside my side quests. Like if there's one I know that's super fun and they're all going to want to do, sometimes I put a requirement on there like must have already completed a, another Chinese-sized quest before you do this one. Um, or must have like a Chinese leader badge. Those, which basically means that you've already completed a side quest really well. That's how you get those leader badges. I don't do that on a lot because again, any extra sort of work or time they're spending on my class is a bonus. So I don't want to stretch it out too much and make it feel too, too high up to get. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. Do you have, like, what have you tried so far? What are some of the, like, requirements you've put around your side quests? Well, that's, I don't really, that's what I'm still struggling with is the actual side quests. We have, like, some things that we're working on and quests that, we're work with, that we do. Like, we made the, we made a silk, uh, map of the Silk Road. We've, we've done where they had to make a brochure for the three city-states in in Italy and stuff like that. That's kind of like what we've done. And then we did like a vocabulary where they have to have their picture, a picture with the word because most of them were illiterate at the time. So those are just kind of things that I've required them to do. Not yet 
given them options yet. I don't have the menu of ideas yet. <laughs> and uh, that's what I still keep working on. Yeah, so uh, things to think about for like possible side quests if... Well, if you happen to have Explore Like a Pirate in there, I have like some side quest ideas that I think work with sort of any subject in any grade level. So maybe like choose one or two of those and next week post those out. Like maybe like make a thing about it. Make you know like make it somewhat of an event. You know, uh, I don't know. Do the, I know one of the activities in the book is a wanted poster. Mm -hmm. So maybe like on your board, put like this big, you know, like. The, the sheriff's coming to town or whatever, you know, the governor's coming in or well, however you want to say it. And we're looking for some criminals. Um, but we need, you know, we need your help, like coming up with the wanted posters, like 500 XP for every, you know, wanted poster done. And then what you could do is have a separate quest where Maybe they actually like write the article of that person getting arrested. So for every apprehension, they get like a thousand XP and even more points. So like if they if they did the poster for the the wanted poster and the like article of that person being arrested, which somewhat talks about their crimes and why they're getting arrested, um, for example. Yeah, that would be cool. I think that could work, definitely. So, when you first start with Quest 2, I would make sure you like dangle a bit of excitement and intrigue. Um, make the payout pretty high if you're just starting with side quests, because they're not used to it. So, you don't, you don't want to just... If your normal in-class task that you've done that was side quest-esque has been worth, you know, 200 points, don't just make this another 200 points, like... I'd make this like 400 points or 500 points, you know. I would definitely make it a noticeable increase. Yeah, um, start high and then can kind of go from there. Yeah, and, well, I mean, not to be honest, my kids are used to this. Only the first, like, unit do I actually put values on the quests. After that first unit, it just they just know, like, the sky's the limit. If they really blow it out of the water, I'm not going to say, well, it was only worth 200, so I can only give you 200 even though you made this amazing thing, okay, like the sky's the limit. But I trained them sort of first by like, hey, see, if you do this, you can earn 400. If you do this, you can earn 200. If you do this, you can earn 300. And then they sort of get a sense that quests are between 200 and 500 unless something's super amazing, then I'm willing to make it 1,000 points, you know, like. Okay, and, and then, and none of, the, none of this is tied to their actual mark. Correct. 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 It's, uh, I always tell them that a side quest, though, will never, ever hurt them. You know, they're not required, as we're talking about. But I say that it, it can only it can only benefit them. And then I even go so far to say is it, it will benefit you, obviously, in the game. But I said it will also benefit you in my class because, and then the example I always use is, like, take, like, an essay on the test. The kid that did, like, the side quest about Julius Caesar, you think he's going to be able to write me a better essay than the kid that didn't do the side quest? Like invariably, it is going to impact your score in a positive. But I promise you, it'll never impact your score negatively. So if you do a bad Julius Caesar quest, I'm not going to be like, on the essay, I'm not going to be like, well, he doesn't really know Julius Caesar minus, you know, five points. Like, 
at very least, you'll learn from your mistake. But in my experience of doing the game, and I was telling this, you know, I've been doing it for years, kids that really engage in the game, while it has no impact on your grade, it kind of has an impact on your grade because kids do better in class. They're more engaged. They come to class knowing more. They want to share what they know. They're, so then they participate more. You know, like it just trickles down into all aspects. And I point that, I directly point that out to kids. Not required, guys. But it, it will obviously impact everything you do in here if you engage in the game, you know, and typically they see that, you know, they, they, they get excited. They're, they're proud to hand something in. They're proud to talk about what they, they did their quest on. Yeah, that's, that's cool. I'm, I'm getting really excited. I want to, I just want to keep going with what I'm doing and keep building some of those little things now in to make them more engaged because they're fairly engaged now, but I know that my one class, they struggle to get things handed in. And so maybe this will be, you know, give them more freedom. Uh, you know what you can also do is sometimes think of a requirement in the opposite. So a lot of times we think of requirements as like you can't do something until you have done this, right? But yep. a requirement can kind of work the other way. Like, I don't know, think about like our law system. We're innocent until proven guilty, right? So we've started already at a place of innocence. We've we've been given that just by the fact that we are citizens. Um, I guess this might be a bad analogy for you're from Canada. But <laughs> um, so my, my point being, sometimes think of a requirement the other way. Maybe give that class all like some benefit in the game. Wrap it into your game. Call it something they've been... They're they're the they're the Templar knights. They've been in charge of protecting the Holy Grail. So like oh, like they've already been given this right to start with. Then build something in that like how they lose this right. How like the Templars will become le less trustworthy to protect this is, you know, we 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 have to be f super on point. We can't like miss any assignments. So you know all of a sudden they have been given something right away. You've like trusted them with something. And maybe this class already sort of feels like no one's trusting them. And you're actually coming in and kind of taking them off by surprise and being like, well, I'm totally trusting with you. I'm trusting you with the like most important artifact of, you know, history. But like, are you going to step up and do it? Like, so now it's like theirs to lose as opposed right. to like they have to gain it. Yeah, that could be cool. I mean, that's just one fun way to sort of do yeah, it. Um, for sure. So, okay, thinking of other sort of requirements, if we were to widen this topic a little bit. Uh, oh, I can hear my kids screaming. I got to grab them real quick. You grab them like, real quick. Real quick. <laughs> uh, I see we have another co-host with us, joining us. Who's who's this on air with us? This is Jackson. Hey He's Jackson, two. Jackson's two. This this makes Jackson the official youngest well played uh, guest ever. Hey Jackson, cool. Jackson buddy, say hi. Not today. You're too tired still. Too still tired. Asleep. That's all right. 
So, okay, I was going to talk about a little widening of this topic of requirements, and we've talked about some side quest requirements. You know, do you have any other game requirements that you do, things that are around your rules uh, for items, things that are maybe around your rules for unlocking those quests or anything like that? Mm, not unlocking any quests yet. I haven't got that far yet, but um, I definitely have little advantages hidden all over my room and even the school. And sometimes I give, if they do good on assignments, I've been giving those clues to them so that they can go and find those advantages. Nice. I like it. Uh, for me, I have, I have a couple of requirements and rules in place around my items that I think is worth sharing. And that is for my, my kids, they can trade all their items. That's fine. But you cannot trade inside my class. So once okay. it's class time... There is no trading. And I, I do that because, remember, all my items are physical. And mm -hmm. I have a lot of items that if they were able to trade it within the same period, it'd become a logistical nightmare for me because right. uh, the kids don't have names on their items or anything like that because they know they're going to trade them. So let's say I have one that you can roll for XP. You could use that item, then trade it to Jackson in the same class period. Jackson then could roll for 50 XP. And then he could trade it to somebody else. So, like, basically the whole class could use your one item. Uh, so I came up with that rule right away is there's no trading with inside the period. That way I know your one item's not getting passed around the room. It's a, it's a, good, it's a good requirement. kind of locks down the, the class items and rules there. Yeah, I could totally see how that would work and keep it so it's not chaotic i know i was opening my shop during class time and now i've decided that that's not going to happen because it can get too chaotic and then everyone wants to buy stuff so i've got my shopkeeper and we had a black friday sale to actually kind of get our shop kind of officially open so kids can start getting stuff not during my class oh i love that black friday event sale there that's a good idea i dig it well i mean like games yeah, could, you, could you cyber monday <laughs> I could. You're right. They'd have to like email in. I dig it. Um. So I mean, requirements. They 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 can be a lot on a quest. What you have to do. Um. Like I said, the items of rules for me on my quests. One of my requirements, like I already said, is it has to be about the current unit. One of the things I didn't share is they're they're required. They can only do a quest once because I want them to try to their best. Um, and I, I can't weigh in on the quest beforehand is another requirement I have. So I want to stop kids from that validation in sixth grade. My 11 year olds really want to know, like, is this okay? Is this good? And I really want them to try to like gain some confidence under their wings. So like, I want them to sort of self-assess. So that's another requirement I build in, uh, that I, that I've found quite a bit of success with. So, it is unbelievable, but we are already at our reflection time. Wow, that's crazy. I know. It just goes. <laughs> it just goes so fast. So, if you and Jackson could do me a favor, and I'm going to read this quote to you, and if you guys can sort of come up with how you think it sort of fits today's topic. This quote comes from British architect Stephen Gardner. 
Uh, his quote is, human requirements are the inspiration for art. So how does that hit you, given, given the idea of requirements today? Well, it just can make some amazing assignments, I guess. Like, you, you know, like if you have too many requirements, you're not going to maybe be as creative, I guess, limiting creativity with those kids. I don't know. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Uh, for, for me, I think this idea of requirements, boxing somebody in. Yeah, I think, boxing somebody in. I think humans are the ultimate adaptation machine, right? And so sometimes a little bit of constraint is where the creativity can come in and it can really explode and it can really show us the true power of human thinking. So I think applying some level of requirements can be really fun if, if we've thought them through as teachers. So... You know, you really want to think what is the limitation you want to give to inspire that creativity. And I think if it's well thought out, it can really accentuate a project and bring out the creativity in, in our students. What do you see, Jackson? Hey, what Jackson. do you see? Hey, Jackson. So. Oh, he likes the emojis. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, thank you so much, Jordan, for coming on the show for the first time. I hope Thanks. to check in with you again. I hope to hear your game moving along. Uh, I hope to see you on XP Lap chat and continue to, to push all of our thinking. Um, it's awesome. It was awesome having you here for the first time. Well, thanks for having me. It was it was awesome. It was a pretty cool experience because I've never done something like this before. And I'm just figuring all this stuff out still. <laughs> Aren't we all? I think we all are. So everyone else, thank you for joining us today, and I hope you have a fun day, and enjoy your week, and play on. <laughs>